0: Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 36 of NBA Unwrapped. My name is Perry Aston, joined by Christian McGowan. What's going on, man? Hey, how y'all doing? Got a special guest today, Dan Slaboff from On The Prowl, founder of that blog covering the Timberwolves. Brought him in today to talk about that Jimmy Butler practice, all types of crazy stuff going on with them. Before we jump right in, reminding you guys to follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. You can follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. You can follow Dan and his blog on Twitter at Prowl underscore MN. Listen to us on the SoundCloud app or as well as the Apple Podcast app. Go follow us on Twitter and make sure to keep your notifications on. The season has started. So many crazy games. The first two were just underway last night. Celtics were playing the 76ers as well as the Warriors playing the Thunder. I'm just so glad to have the NBA back. It's my baby. I know this is Christian's favorite time of year, too. It's everyone's favorite exactly. time of year. Playoff we baseball. Playoff baseball, which, NFL. We're, which we're going to today. Christian and I are going to the, uh, the Dodgers championship game today, game five. Something's going to be crazy. We're super excited. But let's jump right into some basketball and talk a little bit of Timberwolves with you, Dan. How did you get into Timberwolves coverage? I know before we were starting the podcast you said you were located in North Dakota. So I kinda wanna hear this story of how you jumped into Timberwolves coverage.
1: Yeah, so I started following the Wolves about a few seasons before Rubio's rookie year. And then you start hearing about this Wonder Boy over over in Spain who's who's wowing people with his ability to distribute the basketball and you really start to to get excited. That's when I really became a fan when I was about a freshman in college, I realized that, you know, I kinda of wanted to work in sports. So I, you know, started a Timberwolves blog and, and ever since been keeping at it and just writing and producing content on the Twitter page and, you know, just covering the team to the best of my ability, trying to uh, engineer a staff of five to cover this team. I'm based out of Fargo, North Dakota. uh, I'm a student at North Dakota State, while my staff is kind of, scattered around the Midwest area, Minnesota, Wisconsin. And so that's kinda where we're at and we're excited for the season to start, but it's definitely have a different it definitely has a different vibe to it rather than different seasons, that's for sure.
0: Right. And I know with everything going on in Minnesota it's a little bit of a shit show, if I may say right now, but of course Making the playoffs last year for the first time since Nam, you can't really be too upset. You saw finally a little bit of success, and I'm actually a Tom Thibodeau fan. I know that people hate on him, and he is a little caught in his ways from back in the day, trying to revamp what we call here on the podcast and what a lot of people like to call them the Timber Bulls with bringing back bringing back the the whole Bulls team from back when Derek Rose was in his prime. But at the same time, the Timberwolves are an exciting team again because they haven't been for quite a while. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Jimmy Butler situation, if there is still trade talks going on, and kind of how everything is looking there. We'll talk about the practice, the notorious practice after this, but wanted to just hear about the trade situation, if any, right now.
1: Right, so it sounds as if Scott Bladen the Wolves' general manager, uh, in charge of fielding trade calls while Jimmy Butler suits up for the team. Sunday, the Wolves' owner, Glenn Taylor, showed up to practice, and he rarely does that. He showed up for, for the first time in years, which you know shows that he obviously wanted to see what was going on. It was um, dad go- him, It was dad going to make sure, sure everything three was three going okay. It's pretty asinine to me. Taylor and Butler made an agreement that, that Butler would play hard, while he was on the team, and Taylor would continue to find a trade suitor for Butler. With that, you know, Butler's with the, with the Timberwolves right now, and he's going to start up small forward tonight. I think Wolf fans are having a hard time rooting for Jimmy Butler in any sort of fashion after publicly shaming them on national <laughs> television to reach Nichols. I think the Wolves fans should be rooting for Jimmy Butler tonight, not only because it will help the team's chances of stealing a victory in San Antonio, but also because it will, you know, drive up his trade value and maybe you know, convince someone like Pat Riley to pull the trigger. Maybe he has a change of heart and, and realizes Jimmy is, he is a game changer. Because I don't think, you know, no one's arguing that Jimmy is a game changer. People are more questioning his ability to mesh with a young locker room and, and any locker room in general. It's kind of where it's at right now. And Scott Layton will, it's, it sounds like Layton is, is the one who is handling all these trade offers. Obviously, Thibodeau is a busy man right now coaching coaching the team. So Layton's the one fueling trade calls. Wilson's just have to hope that Butler can drop a visuali enough to try to get an enticing offer from particularly Miami center around young three and D wing Josh Richardson pick and, you know, probably a filler such as Kelly Lunick or Dean Waiters. So that's kinda that's kinda where we're at right now.
2: So to go back to that practice, Dan, what actually happened at that infamous practice that uh, the interview followed with Jimmy Butler. Did everything he say happen? Is there a little bit that isn't out there that we don't know about?
0: And what kind of go- what happens to team morale too when something like that goes down? How's everything around the building, at least with the team? I know he took those third stringers and beat the stars. So
1: I think the practice would have been more meaningful in what happened if, if it wouldn't have obviously been so pre-planned and orchestrated by Jimmy's camp. You know, obviously, Jimmy, is, Jimmy went into practice and he was calling out Cat to, to come at him. And he showed up late, about an hour about an hour late. It was a crazy situation because, um, obviously, he requested a trade. He doesn't want to be there. Everybody knows he doesn't want to be there. Because he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't really care what anybody thinks of him at this point anymore. He shows up an hour late and, and you know, he's doing all this talking and then afterwards, word comes out that Rachel Nichols is in Minneapolis. The whole thing was pre-planned. Him going to practice that day so he could, so so he could control the narrative. So he could control the narrative. He was the hero for the team, taking those third stringers, being the starters. And obviously, that's not a good look for the starters. You know, the frustrating thing is what, what he said to Rachel Nichols after prac- after practice in that ESPN interview was most of it was true. Um, I don't think anybody's denying it, that Wiggins is, is God-gifted, Talents is the most talented, and sometimes you don't quite see maximum effort every play Definitely on not. the basketball court, especially from Wiggins. And, you know, no one is arguing that. It's just, it's not Jimmy's place to be there. He doesn't want to be there. I have never envisioned... Uh, I saw a scenario where a player can go on national television, derate his teammates in an organization, and not be suspended. So in that scenario... I don't think we should lift that kind of, you know, that that kind of attitude on a pedestal. I am personally not a big fan of what he did, just because it wasn't his place. He didn't want to be there, and because Epstein was there, it was obviously pre-planned and pre-orchestrated. So, and the fact that Jimmy, and the fact that Tom Thibodeau let Jimmy Butler, or didn't care that Jimmy Butler went on TV, and just. You know I'm sure, went, I'm sure he, he cared I'm he,
0: sure he cared it was just what what's Thibodeau going to do right now he's looked like an idiot throughout this whole process trying to dictate the narrative himself in the beginning and really screwed up a lot of these talks which is why the owner which is why dad is getting involved he's saying you know he hasn't been to practice in how long he's there crossing his arms, sitting there, you know, tapping his foot on the ground, making sure that nothing happens there, making sure that the team is actually playing basketball. And what I'm saying, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Butler doing this either. I'm a big fan of passion. I'm a big fan of talking shit. I'm a big fan of you playing balls to the wall. But at the same time, you, like you said, he doesn't want to be there. He clearly wants to get traded. He shows up and completely just obliterates this team. And I see what he's doing for himself, but... I think it just makes him look immature. I think as a star in the NBA, you want someone who's going to come into the locker room and change your culture. And if you're looking at it from just like Christian, Christian is the one person that I know that always speaks on culture, always speaks on what it does to the building, what it does to the team, what it does to the people. And this does nothing to help anybody. It makes other teams look at Jimmy Butler in a negative fashion. It makes the Timberwolves, who already had a very bad team morale, even worse. And Carl Anthony Towns is looks like a 16-year-old kid right now in this whole situation. Jimmy Butler, what I've heard, is that he's hooked up with Carl anthony Towns' girlfriend sometimes this last year. And I know I'm super TMZ when I talk about this on the podcast, but I've read it a few times, so I want to just bring it up because I I keep hearing this random thing that he screwed Kat's girlfriend. And K.A.T. just sits there with this dumb look on his face, like, oh, damn, I wish he didn't do that. And then Jimmy Butler comes to practice and pretty much just... Daddy's him. Daddy's him. Andrew Andrew Wiggins, you are 100% right. You are 100% right. Andrew Wiggins has God given talent. That guy could be one of the best players in the NBA if he got his shit straight. But he doesn't try very hard sometimes, and especially on the defensive end. And he just hasn't lived up to the Andrew Wiggins hype. I mean, his numbers aren't bad when
2: you put them up against other players. His offensive, not his defensive uh, Yeah, and,
0: and at, horrible. at the same time, it's he's a bust for what Andrew Wiggins could have been. But he's not a bust when you look at just regular NBA standards. But his maturity is not there. He's younger. Him and what Butler, what was this, a week or two ago, trying to pretty much fight next time we see each other, throw hands. Then the next time they see each other, no one says anything except for Jimmy Butler running his mouth saying, you guys freaking need me. You can't win without me. And of course, that freaking wasn't as nice of a word as I said. Of course, I just don't want to throw that on the pod right now. But he literally went to practice, made everyone look stupid. To be honest, made him look like a hothead, made him look... Like, he had a big ego, and that's it now. Now what? what's next? Now we move on to the first game, this awkward first game when they're doing the intro five and Jimmy Butler just, like, walks out instead of jogs and everyone looks at him like, oh, man, dude, that dude's so cool. Wish I was him. Like, Does he even start,
2: though? Do you? Start yeah, you have
0: to start him. You just beat the starters with your three third stringers on your team. You see how bad your team actually is without him. I hate to say that. When you would say it like that, So if you're not going to start him, you are guaranteeing yourself, you know, putting yourself in a bad place to start the game. The Timberwolves aren't terrible at all. But without Jimmy Butler, and that's going to lead me into my next kind of question for you, are they going to be in a rebuild stage if they lose Jimmy Butler? Is this a place of kind of a freak out for Timberwolves fans? Because you're in where the magic are, I guess I would say, where you still have some talent, but no parental star there and kind of just trying to figure out an identity, but at the same time, you still have talent, so you're not completely screwed. Is this almost like a Clippers kind of standpoint after they lost Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, where they're still rebuilding, but still somewhat successful, or is this just a complete rebuild without Jimmy Butler and you have to figure it out? Just be honest with me, Dad. It's
1: a great question, and no, I don't think it would be a complete rebuild, and I think um, they do have a perennial start on their team, and Carl Anthony Towns, and... And when you have a perennial star on your team that's uh, controlled for six more years, you can build around him. And Towns has some growth to defensively, but um, you know you would hope that the Wolves can land can land someone on the same uh, timeline trajectory as Towns and Wiggins. So someone between the twenty two or twenty one and twenty five or twenty six age range, someone that can grow with them. I'm looking at you, Josh Richardson, from Miami. That's uh,
0: I know. I heard I heard Bam as well from Miami was a name I heard floating yeah, around, no, too. Sure. And that, that'd that be an interesting mix down there, too.
1: Right. So Bam would be awesome. I'm not sure if Miami would be willing to include him. I like Bam when he was uh, right out of Kentucky. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it'd be a complete rebuild. I, I, I think you would, they would be building. They still have some talent. They still um, could compete for the playoffs this year. But, obviously, um, when you've committed... Um, that much money to Wiggins and Towns, over $300 million to them over whatever, 10 such year such span. It's, amount it's of such money.
0: a commitment. You know what I mean? You have to be sure that you know you have your guys there. And I know with Carl Anthony Towns, this is a signing that. I agree with. I mean, what else are you going to do at this point with Jimmy Butler going on? You're not going to move on from him as well. But he has more to do, in my opinion, growing-wise than just on the defensive end. It's the aggression that I see, too, and it's just obviously the maturity off the court. He needs to grow up on that on that end. But his offensive game has never been something to put into question. Carl Anthony Towns is so versatile. He can spread the floor. He is... The perfect modern big man when you look at his skill set. That's what you're looking for, to you know shoot threes, be able to pass the ball.
2: He won the skills contest yeah, his rookie year, didn't he?
0: Pass, you know, pass, run, do everything else besides just rebound and block because you have to do that anyways, and he has that skill set. It's just It seems like there's so much going on with Karl-Anthony Towns behind the scenes right now, and from what I'm seeing is that I, I honestly think Jimmy Butler is ruining him. I honestly think the more that he's here, Karl-Anthony Towns' his game is going to definitely be off. He's not going to have awful numbers at all, but I think there'll be a little bit of a regression. I think he feels really awkward. I think he feels really uncomfortable. He signed that extension, but right now he's kind of in this limbo for waiting a month, just waiting for him to get out of there. Like you said, he's locked in there for how many years? Six? You know, He's there for a long time, but right now with Jimmy Butler there... Carl Anthony Towns is the little brother in the back seat watching the TV, you know, on the back of the chair. That's that's how it is right now and he's waiting to get back in the front seat, but Jimmy Butler's kind of just staring at him like, "Yeah, you're going to wait until I'm gone and I'm going to keep belittling you until I'm gone." And it seems like it's just everything goes back to Carl Anthony Towns. I know Wiggins had his beef with him too, but Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins, the both of them aren't looking good throughout this process, but they're also not looking like they are looking like the bigger people, I guess I can say. They haven't retaliated. I don't know how you'd They're retaliate. They look almost like
2: victims. Yeah, victims. I would
0: say. I, they haven't really made any ginormous public statements going at Butler or anything. So they have handled it the best I guess they could, just kind of sitting back and waiting for him, you know, this shitstorm to pass through. But I just am a true believer that Carl anthony Towns is just a shell of himself right now until Jimmy Butler leaves. I think Butler has this weird aura over him, and he feels very uncomfortable
2: i know dan you said that uh, they should build around carl anthony towns from what you've seen i mean he's blessed with talent i can understand that but from an emotional standpoint do you think he's displayed enough thus far to believe he could lead a whole team because i've heard that he didn't even know what team he uh, was playing the next day he's up playing Fortnite late at night to me that doesn't seem like someone i'd want leading my franchise so going into last season getting someone like jimmy butler made sense you'd want someone more mature to lead your team, to me, it, it it feels like they should still go out and try to get someone like that because Carl anthony Towns will be the best player on their team. I just don't see him steering the ship. I see him, uh, he's almost one of those guys who wants someone else to lead and to point where the ship's going to go and then he can row in the right direction. How do you feel about that?
1: So, sure, so, I mean, regardless of how I feel, I mean, that's the only option. I mean, that is right. the only option. A- they, don't, they don't have a ton of cat flexibility they're not they're probably not going to get a a top pick in the near future and they just committed that much money to towns so um regardless of um if he's if he's ready which um i i don't think his video gaming um hobbies outside of the workplace show that he's immature at all i think not
2: that but staying up late and playing video games isn't mature you can balance everything. For me,
0: it's just seeing him. It's the personality that you want to see from a star. And I know Carl Anthony Towns has had it. It's just right now, it's gone. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get it back. Because Jimmy Butler, I hate to say it, but it looks like he broke him. And right now, Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins are going to have to figure out a way to continue to play with Butler still as the star on the court. You know, when you're playing pickup basketball with someone you don't like... And they're wide open for a corner three. You you have three guys on you and you're on a transition. Are you going to pop it out to the corner three or are you going to try and draw that foul and make that impossible layup? You're going to take it yourself because you're like, screw that guy in the corner. You know, he can, he can eat this. So I don't want to say that it's going to be spiteful basketball, but. Jimmy Butler's not trying to do them any favors, and I know they're not trying to do Jimmy Butler any favors. And how and just how is that supposed to help chemistry? How is that supposed to help Carl Anthony Towns' growth? And that's just what's scaring me now, because I think the second that Jimmy Butler leaves, it's like the clouds will finally, you know, leave Minnesota, the sun will start to come out again, and you'll start to see the things progressing the way that they're supposed to be progressing. They'll go in their own direction. They'll go in whatever direction they're supposed to be going right now, because right now Jimmy Butler is forcing them into this direction that I don't think any Timberwolves fans wants to be in, and they're they're uncomfortable with it too. So that's the only reason why this I, this interview was so important to me because I wanted to really get your thoughts on this on this practice because it was such an important moment and such an eye opening thing for a star to do. So let's put the blame on Jimmy Butler for just being oh, yeah. a douchebag. Total TMZ yeah. move by let's, you. Let's just do it by him being a douchebag. But at the same time, this has to be resolved quickly because. The dust just doesn't settle. The dust is still floating. And and the season's starting. The season has started now, and we are waiting to see what's going to happen. And the one thing that I didn't mention, guys, is that the, the tweets by
1: uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, they literally look like they were copy and pasted from Jimmy's camp. I mean, come on. Um, <sighs> so, that, you know, they were very pro-Jimmy Butler.
0: Right. And I know you said it was all staged, and I, that doesn't shock me. You know, that doesn't shock me at all with how NBA is nowadays and with camps and Kawhi last year and the way he played the Spurs. It's all planned out because you got to think of the interest of the player, I guess, when you're in their camp. But it's just interesting how things are kind of shifting nowadays. We got one last question for you before we throw you off of here and let you get back to your busy day. This kind of season predictions for the team. You know, do they make the playoffs again with how everything's going? I know we just talked a lot, but... Do that's, they
2: tank right that's, now?
0: You know, do you purposely tank to go get a pick? Do you try and figure this out with Jimmy Butler, without? Kind of where do you see the season ending?
1: And that's a wonderful question. I, uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to answer right now. I think that if... They trade jimmy butler for i mean and it's not it's more of a win not ifs but if the, you know when they trade jimmy it completely depends on what the package they get you know if they get somebody like josh richardson return they can i think they can compete for a playoff spot they're definitely not going to be the driver's seat by any means i think with butler they are a playoff team we saw that, we saw that last year
0: right. without
1: butler i think they're probably in the eight to ten range kind of with where the clippers are at maybe memphis are fighting for a uh, a chance at the playoffs, but uh, the, definitely the the main goal will be growth in it. And if a few injuries do happen, then you you start to question whether the the team should should it in fact tank to add a, a, a RJ Barrett or you know or a, a high level talent exactly to, uh, to the to to the team. So that's kind uh, of you, you just hope the team can maintain competitiveness. And you think with the talent. Uh, they have right now that should be possible.
2: In my opinion, the the two objectives the Wolves should have would be move Jimmy Butler and just see yeah. growth out of your young players. If you miss the playoffs this year, so be it. But if Car Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins play better and play how you want them to play, I think that ultimately is more important than if you sneak into the playoffs. I think or you not. just
0: have to set yourself up for next year. That's yeah. kind of where you I'm looking look at it. You have to look past this year. I'm not saying you have to give up on this year by any means, but just the fact that yes, Butler's probably not going to be here past this year Yes, Carl Anthony Towns will be. Yes, Wiggins will be. Yes, Thibodeau probably will be. A lot of these pieces will still be here next year. So it's kind of what are we going to do past this point? I honestly think that they are going to attract somebody to come in. And like you said, you wanted them to have someone a little bit closer to the age of Wiggins and Kat. And I know that Christian and I were thinking they can go another Jimmy Butler route, just not Jimmy Butler. you you can find someone with a little bit more maturity, someone that actually meshes, someone that believes in what you're doing. LeBron James, he's looking at every one of the Lakers' youngsters like they're his brothers. Literally like Uh. they're his prodigy. I've never seen the guy have more fun on the basketball court when you're watching preseason, for God's sake. And that shows that he he knows this is a project. He knows he's going to have to mentor these guys. He knows he's going to have to put in a lot of work, and he knows the situation he's in. But he wants to do that. He bought into it. He loves the guys. He wants to do it for them also. And that's not the only situation where this has happened. So I know that there are a ton of guys that are looking for a new spot, looking for things to happen. And Minnesota is a place where you know you can win. You can see it this last year. And without Jimmy Butler, yes, it's going to be a little bit darker times, but I'm a true believer that the Minnesota Timberwolves, with the infrastructure that they have, they can find someone again and they can build on top of it if that's rather through the draft, which has been loaded throughout the last couple years, or if that's through free agency or anything like that. I honestly think Minnesota is going to figure out a way, but it's just the faster you get rid of Jimmy Butler, the faster normality comes back again because right now it's just this dark cloud, especially over your stars, your young stars. And it's not going to go away until he's away. Do you agree?
1: I could agree more. Um, that is that is priority number one at this point, and and then priority number two is figuring out what the heck to do with Tom Thibodeau. Yes, and if he can if he can engineer a competent defense, because you know when when the Wolves hired him, he was known to be a, he was he was thought to be a defensive mastermind, and to instill. Uh, all these defensive strategies and tactics that would uh, improve the Wolves to a, a top 10 defensive ranking, but so far they've only finished 25th in defensive rating and worse, so uh, that that's a huge storyline this year, and Tom Thibodeau is, is really coaching for his job this season, as much as Glenn Taylor uh Yesterday, uh, the Wolves owner said he was not fighting for a job, but uh, I don't know what. What to are you,
0: what mean, are you not... supposed to say? You know, you want to stay right. political on that point, but yeah, I totally agree with you. He's on the hot seat. I mean, maybe not the hot seat, but the bubble at the very least. He's yeah. getting looked at, and we're definitely trying to see what's going to go on with all this because Tippie didn't help with this Butler situation, and we'll see how he engineers the team moving forward. But Dan, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a little bit more insight on how things are with going on in Minnesota. Of course, I know you are based out of Fargo in North Dakota, so stay warm out there. You were telling us it's like forty degrees or some crazy number. You know, me and Krishna are complaining about, you know, day of rain this week and Yeah, it's
2: sixty five, I need my jacket. <laughs> it's so. it's yeah, I'm
0: gonna wear my sweater really quick. Yeah, it's for, pretty it's pretty nippy for, out. But you know, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. We really appreciate your your content online. We appreciate your you know perspective and everything. Go follow him on Twitter at on the prowl underscore MN. You need to go check out his website as well, on Stay up to date with anything going on with the Timberwolves, especially stuff going on with the Jimmy Butler situation right now. He's your guy to follow if you want to see anything going around. Going around with the Timberwolves. That's it. But thank you so much, Dan, for following us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. You have a good one, my man. Then we'll uh, hey. we'll catch you guys next time. Um, so we have a little bit more to talk about today. We have the NBA opening week. So excited. Two games last night. We had the Celtics defeating the 76ers in a pretty convincing fashion, 105-87. Warriors defeating the Thunder without Russell Westbrook, 108-100. A little bit closer so, game than we yeah, thought. I, I agree, and this was a game that surprised me because it's without, of course, Westbrook. And Schroeder played very well. So they got a guy on a more friendly contract than Carmelo, a guy that's going to put up more production than Carmelo, and a guy that is at a more position of need, a guy that you bring in for the wing spot, you know, to actually take a little bit of pressure off Russell Westbrook for the first time in his career. He's, He's a lot
2: younger. He
0: looks good over there. Let's talk a little bit of stats, at least for that first game, Celtics with 76ers. Jason Tatum, who I've been a big fan of since the day they drafted him, special talent, 23 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, we did tweet out a play for him, beautiful footwork, pretty much just isoing Joel Embiid, stepping back, hitting a shot on him. Joel Embiid got daddied last night, three times. He, and then when they asked him if it's a rivalry after the game, he said, it's, this isn't a rivalry, they always kick our ass. Literally said that. He is getting daddied by them. That's it. They're sorry, 3-11 sorry.
2: under the Joel Embiid era against the Celtics.
0: Jalen Brown almost dunked on his ass and still oh. put him on the ground and still made the layup. But whatever, he was flying Air Jordan up and towards Embiid, and then Ace Embiid and was getting was getting ISO'd all day. It was it was pretty sad. Yeah, stay off the wings, man. You know, guard the big guys. Stop making yourself right. look like a fool. Gordon Hayward is first game back since that awful injury. Ten points, five rebounds, four steals, career high in steals. So he was very active on the defensive end. I mean, this is a team when they said, we're not looking for a leader here. We're not looking for number one. We're looking for everyone to just do their job. That's why I love Brad Stevens so much, and that's why he is the best coach in the league. Joel Embiid, who got daddy last night but still in the offensive end, put up some numbers. 23 points, 10 rebounds. Ben Simmons, 19 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists.
2: Wow, that's a great line. That's a
0: great line. I mean, this is his third rookie season now going for (laughs) his back-to-back-to-back rookie of the year. And (laughs) it's... I know we give Ben Simmons shit, but he is such a talented guy. So I'm right. so excited. Inside the arc. I'm excited to see him continue. Let's talk the next game. The defending champions got their rings. So another ring night for them. Posted that picture on our NBA page as well. So go check that out. Talk a little bit of stats. Steph Curry, 32 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. That's a stat line wow. right there. Kevin Durant, 27 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Paul George, 27 points, 5 assists, 4 steals. And Dennis Schroeder, like we just spoke about, 21 points, nine rebounds, six, six assists. Very good numbers from all of them. Very exciting games to start off the year. Let's start with a little bit of predictions. Um, you know, for the season standing predictions, I kind of just want to hear your who's going to finish kind of top three in West and in the East. I know for, we'll start with the East because I think it's pretty easy in my opinion. You know, you have the Celtics, you have the 76ers, and you have the Raptors with Kawhi easy. Leonard. So, I want to hear how you rank those three for your prediction at the end of the year. Who's going to finish first, second,
2: and third out of the East? It's exactly what you just said. Celtics number one, 76ers two. number two, Raptors number three. three? That's, Raptors. that's what
0: I had too. I put I posted mine on my personal page on Twitter, so go check that out yesterday. My full one through eight West and East standings I think the Raptors
2: well. will be a very sneaky team yes. this year, but... If they wanted the regular season wins, they should have kept Dwayne Casey.
0: Hey, I was literally going to say if they wanted to continue doing what they were doing. Keep Dwayne Casey, not Nick Nurse. and Who may be good, but Dwayne Casey's a boss. Sorry, Nick Nurse. We always talk shit about you. We don't even know you. Which, <laughs> Nick Doctor, you would have kept your job. Nick Doctor, yeah. You should have went to full school, right? You know, you get your full <laughs> doctorate. But we'll go the West, which is going to be a little bit more interesting. And I want to hear your top three. Okay, well, the, the Warriors. I mean, that's... Is water wet? Uh, the Warriors, of course. And I know it's number two for me, it's the Rockets. And I don't think Great. that's even a question. So
2: I think, I think the Rockets will have a better regular season uh, than the number three Lakers. I think the Lakers will finish number three in the West. But my prediction ultimately is the Lakers will beat the Rockets in seven games. Okay,
0: I like that. For me, I have Warriors-Rockets, so that's my one-two. And then when you pick three, it's very tough for me. I have the Thunder at okay. three. And I know that I had a couple comments... 'Cause I have Thunder at three, Lakers at four, Pelicans at five, Jazz at six, Nuggets at seven, Blazers at eight. I had our buddy who is a Pelicans fan, Mike, big fan of the show, and playing good,
2: him in fantasy very football. Very good this friend, week.
0: very good friend of ours. He's like, I have the Pelicans third. And I was like, Of course you have the Pelicans third. Yeah. You know, but I don't even have the Lakers third. And he's like, Oh yeah, I see you got the Lakers because that's your people. I was like, Do I have the Lakers fourth? I think that's a generous, mm-hmm. very it's unbiased fair. Sports kind of take that I just put down here on Twitter. I think this is a fair one and OKC is going to outperform what everybody thinks you saw how they were last night without Russell Westbrook. This is a team that's better. They now Paul George came back for a reason. This is going to be a better year than last year and the Lakers are still figuring out if you finish the fourth if you finish the seventh seed, that's a win for the Lakers. You make the playoffs again. You, It doesn't matter for LeBron James. As long as you make the playoffs, that's when he starts taking things right. seriously. So as long as the Lakers make it in, I don't give a shit if they're fourth or eighth. So I'm going to put them at fourth because I think that's where they're realistically going to finish. Pelicans at fifth. Jazz at sixth. People are saying jazz number three, jazz number three. That's The Jazz are slowly becoming the most overrated team in the league instead of the most underrated team they were last year. Now people are jazzed up. Sorry for my pitch up here. I like, like that. that.
2: <laughs> I got my new
0: soundboard so I can get these little <laughs> noises in here. But I honestly think the Jazz are good. Yes, they're very good. Don't even get me wrong. But a top 5 team with how stacked the West is, I don't know. So I'm going to stick with how I am here. I like Lakers at 4, but OKC is going to be Number three, and that's definitely my surprise team because, I don't know, you guys aren't going to expect that one.
2: Well, last year they slipped a
0: little bit. Maybe this year they actually play how they should. That's what I'm saying. Let's do rookie of the year, MVP. My MVP is going to be LeBron James. I uh, know I'm just fanning here, but I think he's going to do an amazing well, job. The
2: MVP award is built on narrative as well as it is on how you actually play. And I think for the first time in a little while, LeBron has the narrative going for him, like James Harden and then Russell Westbrook had a couple years before. Yep. So I think it's his turn to actually win the award that he should be winning every single year rookie of
0: the year uh i have colin sexton on the cavaliers i think he is going to have to fill such a big role there and he is such a young bull anyways on both ends of the floor i think he's going to put up a crazy stat line week in and week out and he's going to really take over this team you know along with kevin love and some of the pieces they still have there they're not going to be amazing by any means they might make the playoffs still because the East sucks. They might slip in as like a 7 or 8 seed if they can figure it out, but that's not saying much. They, I would say Colin Sexton's is going to step up in a big way.
2: So I have a little bit of a sleeper pick on this one. Ben Simmons – no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mohamed Bamba, I think that he – I don't know. I just get this feeling from him. I really think he's going to put a lot of things together in his game this year. I saw and him step back and hit those threes, too.
0: He just added that point to his game. So yeah, his, his
2: shot form, I think we talked about it in the draft analysis. I thought his shot form was a little... I mean, he's, what, seven two. It's going to be lengthy, but it's kind of picked up in uh, how quick it is, uh, what I saw from him. But just the st- what I've heard from him, what I've seen him talk about, I really feel like he is poised to jump from what I saw from him in college. Yeah, so I'm and he's really be excited. So
0: effective on the defensive end too. Oh, he's, he's put
2: up so many good numbers.
0: Yeah, he's gonna have I think a block and a half a game, you know, 0. 0.8 steals in this first year. He's gonna be plus minus, you know, out of this world because of the I mean, fact he'll that get he's efficient player. I agree he's gonna have to pick up a big role on that team. Move on to some news. Pelicans acquiring Wesley Johnson from the Clippers for Alexis Ajinka. And LAC is waving uh, him as well. So that way now we're going to talk Wesley Johnson on the Pelicans. I think it's a kind of a smart pickup, actually. He's going to help this team. Not going to start for any means. He's going to be a solid depth player for them. I don't, I don't like Solomon Hill. Um, I don't like a lot of these guys, you know, around that roster. So we'll see how. He meshes with them. I think mean, that's New the Orleans. move by
2: the Pelicans this year is just to be the team that has a lot of depth. That their second unit comes in and they're just... Because they, they have Anthony Davis, yeah, and then you know, who would you say their second best player is? Aaron uh, Holiday? I Aru? would say Holiday now, but maybe even Julius Randle after their signing. But still, it's not not someone you'd say is a superstar to pair with Anthony Davis, so I think their best move this year is to just be hella consistent every single rotation. Miritich as well, and exactly. they just signed you know Alfred Payton to be their backup
0: point guard, or at least one of them, so... Definitely a lot of depth there. Mikey, they're not finishing the third seed. Just yeah. just hear us out, man. Just. And when Anthony
2: Davis comes to the Lakers, <laughs> you can hop
0: on our bandwagon. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go. Bucks acquired Jody Meeks and Cash and a future second round pick from the Wizards and Milwaukee is waving Jody Meeks. Another move around the league. Larry Nance Jr. signing an extension with the Cavaliers. Four years, 45 million dollars. Well deserved. I'm a Larry Nance fan. He was playing on the Lakers. He plays so hard, he is so efficient. And plus, his dunks are exciting as hell. He's a guy that's going to do a lot of work for you on the defensive end. He's a guy you want on your team. He's that guy that's going to try 150% all the time, put up good numbers, and just be you know efficient on the floor. There's nothing much more you can ask.
2: Right, and it's that's, that's a good time to locking him up. I could really see Larry Nance as someone that could improve a lot if he really focuses on the finite points of his game.
0: And with the Cavaliers, you got to try and lock in any kind of potential massive talent that you have who knows if he strikes gold in the last next year or two you want to make sure you lock in the guys that you have there with all the money that you have to use
2: and at least get a contract that you can move in years if you need to right
0: Um, miles turner pacers extension four years 80 million dollars this is a lot of money 20 million dollars a year and you just put in perspective larry nance juniors extension you know 35 million dollars less for the same amount of years do you think it's a little bit too much for Miles Turner or is this a move that you kind of have to
2: make if you're the Pacers? It is a little bit of a reach, but he's in that position like you said where they kind of got to pay him. Like yeah. you, you they're a significantly worse team if they let him walk. And the alternative of trying to get someone to replace him at this point in the year is no one. Especially so. with
0: how the Pacers played last year. Not saying Miles Turner was the reason for that. It would probably be Oladipo and the other players on this mm-hmm. team. But he is a big piece of the team and always will be moving forward.
2: You need him there to take off. How many centers do you have
0: in the league that are that good that you can rely on to be your guy? You know, there's. Look at the Warriors last night. They had Damian Jones starting at center. He is two days older than you are. <coughs> I looked at his birthday. Two days older than you. Imagine you starting and putting up 10 points for the Warriors last night. It's the same shit. That's why I'm saying you don't just get centers like it's nothing. These are guys that, yeah, you're going to get a bunch of young guys trying to be good centers in the league. But to get a guy that's established as you know a rim protector, a guy that can you know, really run that pick and roll and be a powerful guy down there for you is so hard to find. Jamal Crawford. Slow clap, because that is the goat right there. That dude's going to the Suns, team that I love, and honestly the most perfect fit for him possible. He's going to mentor the hell out of Booker and any of these young guards that they have. They just uh, made a couple moves right now to create the space for Jamal Crawford going into the season now. So look for him to have a, another six-man-of-the-year potential year with the kind of volume that he's going to have there. It's be a Who, fun knows? Team. Who knows? Who knows? It's, it's, the Suns are exciting. I know our buddy Dawson, he on Twitter was saying the Suns to my standings predictions the suns are a sneaky team for the eight and i was like yo man it's gonna be one to two years before the suns sniff the playoffs in this insanely stacked west but i see where your head's at the suns are wet you know i always love them you know they got those you know those young guys there and they got a plan but come on it's the we West. we also
2: said the kings might have snuck in the playoffs last year in our prediction so we, we've all made bad decisions at some point. we reached. we're, we're just reached. gonna
0: slow down that's it joel and beans uh who we said last year or sorry last night got daddied he is now under contract with Under Armour. A little bit of news here: a deal making him the highest-paid big man on a shoe deal. Embiid's been with Adidas before this, so congratulations to Joel Embiid signing a massive deal with Under Armour. I think it's the first major star, I believe, that they've signed to a big contract since Steph Curry. I think that would be the last. Yeah. Under Armour uh,
2: does need like a Jordan Spieth. They do a lot of the other a lot sports, yeah, golf, and, yeah, the stuff golf too. and uh, they're very big in like the women's uh, sports as well. So. It, I mean,
0: there are no Puma in the basketball world now. No, Puma's signed everywhere. They try to
2: be inclusive.
0: Right. No, I like that. Uh, Kyle Kuzma today signs an endorsement deal with Goat. Love it. A very rare shoe brand. If you don't know who they are, go to Goat Shoes on Google or whatever. You can go find them out. It's. I was looking at it today, actually, for the first time when I saw this get reported. I think it's a really cool website. I mean, yeah, the shoes are a little bit expensive because they're rare and they're really, really nice. But if you are a shoe collector or you like all types of you know so basketball shoes, place. Jordans, anything like that, those... They were sick, so I'm saying go check that out. Kyle Kuzma, he's got so much swag. Anyways, just the perfect guy to. I believe he's the first athlete with you know goat. I think they were saying,
2: but and he's gonna get to wear some of these rare, rare, shoes, rare shoes on the court. That that has to be so freaking awesome. Well, that's
0: because they took off the they took off the the shoe fun. the shoe restrictions. So you know it's this year's gonna be very fun. Like I was saying with Kickstarter that guy that of course edits shoes for different NBA players. He's going to be the biggest star on the NBA right now. I was seeing Jordan Bell's shoes last night for the ring ceremony, the NBA Finals edition shoes that he put together. They were insane. So, Kickstradamus, keep your eye out for him, like I've been saying. He's awesome. Uh, One more thing I wanted to bring up. 13 years ago today, the NBA implemented the dress code. You remember Allen Iverson with the Mm do-rags and Kobe Kobe with with the the Eagles. Eagles jersey and everything like that. They have now, of course figured out a way to get every player showing up spiffy, you know, in a suit, looking nice. The NBA actually does have a lot of rules that they make their players follow, but the players don't have any problem doing it, unlike the NFL, who are having a very tough time trying to figure out rules and having players follow those rules. But the NBA has had it figured out for a while, 13 years to be exact. So these is long before Adam Silver, long before any of these progressive Commissioners that were so high of nowadays, the NBA is always being progressive, and even when they had to make the moves thirteen years ago to take away some of the freedom from some of these players, I don't remember any kind of backlash. No, there definitely was. Like the, the, I said,
2: like the NFL. Oh no, this is. But you're thinking you're talking about closing protests. It's definitely Apple Store,
0: very different. Apple Store, oranges I agree. And it's still the fact that I miss this, so I wanted to say I'm glad that. 13 year we were just talking about the shoe restrictions. If you're going to make them show up in beautiful suits and making them wear a certain thing, at least let them rock whatever shoes they want on the court. Let, right. At least let them go out on Nike ID, hit up Kickstradamus, and get the coolest shoes that you can physically find for your fans. If you want them to roll up in the locker room in a suit... So right. be it. At least let them have that. How is that not good for of creativity? Your,
2: how's that not good for your sponsors? When the shoe sponsors want you looking at the sh- crazy shoes with their logo all over it, and you can wear bright pink shoes when you're right? on the bucks. Like who cares? You can do whatever you want,
0: and it's a way for you. I think different players to be able to express themselves this year, and I think some of the more creative players around the league are going to have a really good time with this, and it's going to be really exciting for guys like us to watch.
2: There's mm-hmm. a lot of creative dudes in the NBA. There's a lot of like, NBA guys who are in music right. and do creation. It's exactly I can't wait to see them. I know Lance express.
0: Lance Stevenson, Lonzo Ball, and JaVale McGee are working on a mixtape right now. Oh my yes. god. So yeah. I wanted to bring that up too. Comedy mixtape. Probably be really bad, but <laughs> I know Lonzo actually can spit a little bit. I'm sure JaVale McGee's got some bars deep down. I'm sure Lance is just dancing in the background or whatever, but do I'm some. actually excited to uh, to hear that too. A lot of music going around the, the NBA. But thank you so much for joining us today on NBA Unwrapped. Had such a good time with Dan today talking Timberwolves with us. Christian, of course, thank you so much for joining me and talking NBA. Just catch us on next time and follow us on Twitter right now during the season drop when you get all of our notifications. Make sure you turn those on at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. You can check us out on the SoundCloud app as well as Apple Podcast app. Thank you so much, and we will catch you guys next time.
2: Have a good one.